Brady just looked at me square in the eyes and goes, I don't throw 50-50 balls. I throw 90-10 balls. <laughs> I was like, I was all like, right, settle down. Yeah. Welcome into another episode of The Chop Shop. I'm Trey Wingo here alongside my good buddy, Mark Schlereth. Here in the Chop Shop, we're partnering once again with our friends at Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dreams? I mean, come on, you used to think about them all the time. What happened? I say it's time that you and your dreams got back together. I mean, think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour all 423 national parks, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or even start up your own business. Really, whatever you want to dream up. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about here, kids. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and get that Sprinter van. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome into another edition of The Chop Shop. Glad you're with us for Week 10. Trey Wingo here with my good friend and work wife for many years, Mark Schlereth, that we break down the games that we saw in the NFL and find out what's really important and what really isn't important. And Stink, let us, you and I, for the moment, take a little victory lap and say, we tried to tell you. Because suddenly all the hot takes about Patrick Mahomes and the offense of the Chiefs being broken and in disarray it's a fart in the wind because all he did was go 36 of 50 for 400 yards, five touchdowns and no interceptions in an absolute destruction of the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders get a Raider. Um, they'll find a way to do it. Uh, eventually it's going to implode. And obviously they've been through a lot this season. So you understand some of it, but the bottom line is you're hundred percent right about Mahomes. And here's the thing that I thought was Interesting. Like the the football, and I've said this many times, the football hubris of, hey, we love to throw it down the football field. Hey, we want to make the big play. Hey, we don't like to run the ball. Hey, that like you drop back 50 times and you throw it underneath kind of the old adage of you don't go broke making a profit. Correct. Take what the defense gives you, whatever the cliche is. That's what they did. And I, I guarantee you, when you do that enough times and people start rallying around the ball, that's when the double moves become effective. That's when you get people over the top. So it, it was like they finally looked at themselves and say, okay, let's quit dicking around yeah. and let's go ahead and do what we do the best. And you make completions, especially with the speed and athleticism that the Kansas City Chiefs have on the offensive side of the ball. You make completions, you're going to make big plays. That's who. That's just how they're constructed, Trey. This is why the human contortionism that I saw over this team was hilarious because all of their problems on offense are fixable. They're completely fixable. A, don't turn the ball over. B, take what the defense is giving you. And C, he's still Patrick Mahomes. Yet everyone wanted to try and come up with this like mad scientist thing about why this isn't working. It was pretty flippin' simple. All they had to do was address it. They addressed it, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I think at this point, absolutely, I still think they're the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, I think you're 100% right, but I was having so much fun on my Denver radio show basically saying that it turns out Patrick Mahomes is a bust and (laughs) that the Kansas City Chiefs are no good anymore. And like I would get Kansas City fans who listen to me in Kansas City, you know, listen to my Denver radio station online, and they're livid. Live it. <laughs> clearly, clearly he had two years of pure luck. 
And, three, uh, three years. No, three years. Yes, three years. And he's no good anymore. And, I mean, just went on and on and on. <laughs> and what they got? A one, I think they get, they're six and four right now. They're in first place in the AFC West. Uh, the Chargers are five and four. Vegas is five and four. Denver's five and five. Six and four, where the where the Chiefs sit right now in the West, at five and four, both the Raiders and the Chargers, and at five and five, the Broncos can't see them yeah. from where they're sitting. Yeah. That's how much better the Chiefs are. So this whole, you know, the they can't see Chiefs are, uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes is a bust. Um, that was short lived. Now they're just they're run away. I wouldn't be surprised if we look up. And all of a sudden, they're ten and four, yeah. and the number one seed in the AFC. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. And by the way, little things that happened. Melvin Ingram, uh, you, you saw the impact he had in that game Sunday night. He was he was absolutely incredible. Uh, Dan Sorson had an interception. That that's how good the Chiefs' defense has turned around. Dan Sorson <laughs> was like the guy with a bullseye at him. Every offensive coordinator studying film of the Chiefs' team. Where's Dan Sorson? Where's Dan right. Sorson? He yes. had a, he had an interception in that Sunday night game. And the thing is, the Chiefs' defense has actually played well three three games in a row now. Uh, I right. granted it was the Giants and it was the Aaron Rodgersless Packers, but this was a Derek Carr led. Uh, a Raiders offense that was doing pretty well up until the disaster of, of the Henry Rugg situation. Um, I, the Chiefs defense, if they're average, it's like if if you're just here with the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs offense is going to take. It's like the old adage: if you're a wide receiver, if you're even, we're leaving. And, and I right. think if the, if the if the Chiefs defense is remotely average, then they're going to be really really good down the stretch of the season. If the Chiefs defense is average, they're great. Yeah, because all they need to be is average because that offense is so dynamic. You basically, you know, you're in a track meet every time you play the Chiefs. Yeah. So what happens? You get, you know, the 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 job of the defense is to make the offense one dimensional, so they can play that one dimension. You come in to play the Chiefs, you're already, you know, you're one dimensional. You know, you're not going to be able to do those things. So you've already eliminated that for the, you eliminated that as a problem for the Chiefs. They're they're going, hey, you're just going to try to keep up with us anyhow. Yeah. So we got you. I yeah. mean, they they are. They're constructed that way offensively to make their defense play that way. Clearly, Patrick Mahomes is back, or technically, he never left. Um, but someone else is back in a big way, and that was Cam Newton. It, look, it was – I don't – listen, players leave, players go free agency. You played two different places in your career, won Super Bowls of both of them. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. Cam Newton is always going to be a Carolina Panther to me. And to see him come back and on his first snap in that game in Arizona – run into the back of the end zone, take off his helmet, not smart, penalty, yell and scream at the top of his lungs, I'm back. And then his second snap was a was a touchdown throw. I mean, like, that was cool. And by the way, get used to it because Matt Rule has already said he's going to get a bunch of the first-team reps this year. Cam Newton is going to be back and being the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, who are suddenly very much alive in that division. Yeah, it, you know, it wasn't even that. And they'll continue to build a, a program for Cam and plays for Cam that he can execute. And it's, it's really fun because Cam has gone through a couple of years, injury riddled years yeah. last year in new England. He wasn't right after COVID. Well, and he, he did, you know, he had no off season with them. So like it was, right. it was, it was never going to work last year in new England. Yeah. And and you go back to 2018, I did a game in Cleveland trade where he had a wide open wide receiver that beat man to man press and Cam's ball fluttered and came down at about 32 yards and got intercepted. It's yeah. wide open, over the top. He couldn't throw it more than 35 yards with that, shoulder, with that shoulder injury in 2018. Then he had the foot injury. And then, you know, I mean, it was just 
a myriad of different things. So I hope that he's healthy and can operate. But the one thing that I saw more than anything else that impressed me, he got on the sideline and he's the one leading that football team. Yep. He's the dynamic player. I did watch the Washington football team this weekend and I was talking to Ron Rivera about it. And Ron is just like, man, his presence in a locker room is second to none. His physical presence, his presence as just a euphoric kind of figure that guys want to be around. That's who he is. And you saw that play out in Carolina. The Sam Darnold era in Carolina. <laughs> hey, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. See you around sometime, you know. We Have wish- fun storming the castle. <laughs> It'll take a miracle. <laughs> you know, we wish yeah. you all the best in the future endeavors uh, and see what happens yes. there. Um, by the way, CMC with 10 catches. You know, CMC and Cam back in that offense, it's going to be really interesting to see what Matt Rule and Joe Brady can dial up for the rest of the season. There was a lot of people that were also saying that Mac Jones, uh, what, what, are they, what do people see in him? Why is he uh, drafted in the first round? It's just another case of quarterbacks being overdrafted, which is a true thing. But it turns out, Mark, and it's not even close at this point. Let's just be honest. It's not even close. He is mm-hmm. by far and away the best rookie quarterback in this class. And what we saw out of him uh, against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday – uh, well, there's a lot to get into in that. But first of all, where you go and the situation you're put in as a rookie matters. And for him to fall into that team with that head coach and that offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, this is a blueprint on how to handle a rookie quarterback and bring him along slowly. It is. It's also a testament to Mac Jones. Yes. Um, very smart kid. Mac, a very incredibly smart kid. But curiosity, you know, the, the most the – most, the smartest people I've ever been around, Trey, uh, and I'm not one of them, um, but the <laughs> smartest people I've ever been around are curious about things. Yeah. And they have this insatiable appetite to learn. And when I sat down with Mac, when I sat down with Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels told me insatiable appetite. He cannot get enough information. And he says he can process it all in a classroom and take it out on the football field and not make a mistake. Yeah. And that's what's amazing about him. He says he's the first guy that comes into the building in the morning. He's the last guy to leave. He takes flashcards home with him and has his girlfriend, wife, fiance, whatever she is. I think it's a girlfriend, but she, he has him quiz her all night. on, Or she quizzes him all night on flashcards. He's, he, he can't. He goes, by Friday, and Bill Belichick told me, he goes, by the time we get to game time, he goes, He's got complete and total autonomy to run the offense. If you see something you don't like, get us out of it. He can get us out of bad place. He knows what the defense is doing. And for a rookie to have that kind of autonomy of an offense and that knowledge of an offense, again, they're great coaches, and they put you in the best position to win. But that kid, make no bones about it, that kid has done the work. That guy has has really, you know, really embraced where he's at what he wants, how he wants to go about it. He is, he's a professional. And I always say this, just because you play a pro sport doesn't make you a professional. He walked in as a professional day one. It usually takes all of us. There's a learning curve there for all of us who go into a locker room to learn to be professionals. Day one, he was a pro. Yeah. And it says a lot more about the questions in Cleveland after uh, the exodus of Odell Beckham Jr. and where that offense sits. And look, Baker Mayfield's all kinds of banged up, but let's be honest, that's a run first offense. It's going to be a run first offense as long as uh, Kevin Stefanski is there. And if they can't run the ball, 
they they have a lot of problems. They have a lot, and that, granted, they had they had no Nick Chubb and they didn't have Kareem Hunt, but they could not run the ball, and that presented all kinds of problems for them on Sunday. I'll also say on top of that, you know, um, we've seen them when they had all kinds of guys out, and Case Keenum was playing, and uh, Dearness uh, Johnson was their starting quarterback, and they ran it like poop through a goose against the Broncos. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things about New England as well, from a, just a coaching standpoint, how well coached they are. Um, I, like all of a sudden, I hope you guys enjoyed your run when the New England Patriots were down for two years or whatever it was, because let me just tell you, um, they're going to be somebody you're going to have to contend with again. Yeah, they're for real. I mean, they could they could yeah. fool around and be a real player in the AFC when it's all said and done. No question about it. All right, why don't we take a break here on the Chop Shop. When we come back, we'll talk about the guy that used to play in New England all those years, Tom Brady, and what happened to him on the game that you called Sunday between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team. Coming right back on the Chop Shop. Welcome into our newest weekly segment, Trey's Trends, presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. The Caesar Sportsbook is the greatest sports betting app of all time, people. We all know this, but why? Because Caesars makes everyone feel like an emperor. Look, when you place your bets, win or lose, you're in more with Caesars rewards, dining, getaways, stays, all that kind of stuff. So many perks, people. Now, let me explain what that means because I'm really good at explaining things. In our world, Caesar isn't the only emperor. You see, if you check the spelling, there's no apostrophe in Caesar. So why is that? It's because everyone who downloads the app is treated like an emperor. We are all Caesars here. Caesar Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesar rewards, which means win or lose, you'll earn reward credits with every single wager. Redeem these credits for sports tickets, dining, getaways, and more presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. Here's a peek into what you can learn by watching Trace Trends each week on the Caesar Sportsbook social media and YouTube channels. The Chiefs and Cowboys are very much alive and well, and they'll meet in Kansas City this Sunday with Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott facing off for the first time. Now, the Chiefs opened as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Arrowhead, even though their home stadium hasn't really given them a lot of comfort lately. The Chiefs have failed to cover in their last nine regular season home games, and this season they're 3-2 and straight up and and 0-5 against the spread at home. Cowboys, on the other hand, are 3-1 straight up and 4-0 against the spread on the road this year. Now, the Chiefs feasted on NFC competition recently, winning 10 straight interconference games. Find more of Trace Trends at Caesar Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, with new episodes dropping every Friday. You must be legal to bet 21 most places, 18 in the District of Columbia. Must be located in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia, or Washington, D.C. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Illinois, Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, West Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, the District of Columbia, Nevada, call 1-800-522-4700. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text Hope New York 467-369. Tennessee, call Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. No two dreams are the same, but there is one van equipped to handle them all. 
For over 120 years, Mercedes-Benz vans have been built, upfitted, and ready to go because we believe dreams should never stay that way. Because those who find their passion drive their passion. So you can stop following your dreams and start driving them. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. And Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, back with you on the Chop Shop this week. Week 10, Mark Slareth, Trey Wingo here. We're presented by Mercedes-Benz. And it was a dream game for the Washington football team, Mark, outside, obviously, of the loss of Chase Young for the season with the torn ACL. But this kid, Taylor Heineke, uh, you were there. You called the game. He's played Tom Brady and the Bucks twice. And they they gave him everything they wanted in that playoff game uh, at last season up at the FedEx Field. And this time they gave him more than they wanted because that was as impressive and surprising result that I could think of this week because they came in with the worst passing offense number yards allowed per game 31st in passing touchdowns allowed per game and outside of one big play to Mike Evans they really shut down Brady and the Bucks. they really did and you know it's really it's really interesting couple of things um one with Heineke he was tremendous and talking to Ron Rivera and talking to Taylor as well they really like he is trying to be this, um, you know, almost game manager, right? I don't want to screw things up. And Ron just comes to, you know, Riverboat Ron. You got to love Ron. He's like, National you got to cut it loose. Yeah. He's just like, you got to, I told him. He goes, I told him. You got to cut it loose. You, that's not how you play. Like, hey, man, you make a mistake, screw it. That's okay. Yeah. You need to play the way you're best. And it's so funny, the juxtaposition of the two quarterbacks. Because here's Tom Brady who told me in a meeting, goes, I'm not a reactionary athlete. I'm an anticipatory athlete. I know that about myself. I have to anticipate what I see, what I'm getting. I got to throw it. Whereas Taylor Heineke is like, I'm a reactionary athlete, man. I got to scramble around and make some shit happen. And (laughs) it was like, it was so cool to watch him come to the realization that that's the way I have to play. Obviously you want to play on schedule. You want to do things on first down and, deliver the football and do all those things. But the bottom line, when things break down, you got to go make a play and you got to let it rip. And that's kind of the way he played uh, in that game. And it was, I mean, it was tremendous. It was an unbelievable game plan. Um, The other thing that happened in that game where I thought it was a real revelation for the, for Washington football team on offense is Antonio Gibson is, he's 230 pounds. He's a damn good running back, former, you know, college wide receiver as is J.D. McKissick. Um, but he's a big physical, I mean, he's a beast. And I was talking to Ron, I go, you know, the thing I, 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 it drives me crazy watching him is he's always trying to break the big one. And I go, until that guy falls in love with a four-yard game, he's never going to be what he can be, right? Yep. And Ron is like, guy, like he's just like, that's exactly what we focused on during the bye week, dude, you got to be a beast. You got to rely on your body. DBs don't want to can don't want to tackle you. And he absolutely ran downhill, kept them on schedule, kept them in third down and shorts. And um, 
I tell you what, it it was an impressive victory by Washington, the way they played all, I mean, both sides of the ball. The other thing that's interesting about that game, Mark, is we're seeing now a pattern uh, with the Bucs this year. Okay. The Bucs are two and three on the road. They're four and oh at home. In those five games on the road, Brady has nine touchdown passes against five interceptions. In home games, he has 18 touchdown passes and only two interceptions. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing a completely different Tom Brady when he's at home for Tampa as opposed to when that team has to go on the road. Yeah. And it was really interesting to me because, you know, for the most part, Washington just kept the shell on it. They kept the, you know, two high safeties. They, they were basically inviting you to run. Leonard Fournette averaged four and a half, almost five yards of carry, and he got 11 carries in that game. And you were, I mean, you were down during the entirety of the game, but you were never down big. You know, you were down 13 points, but Washington struggles in the red zone. So, you know, you were one touchdown pass away from being right back in the damn thing. And they just kept checking it down to backs, checking it down to backs. And I thought the backs did a really piss poor job of catching the football for Tom Brady. So I don't know how many drops they had during the course of that game. Gio had a couple. Yeah, Gio had a couple. Fournette had a couple. Um, You know, I think Ronald Jones had one. It just was – it was five or six drops that essentially kept them in third down and long situations. And and that was was a real issue for them. Their backs just had a really bad day catching the football – and they were never able to stay on schedule or in front of the chains during the course of that day. And like you said, there was one big play, and, and Brady made it. And I got to tell you, I, I just got to tell you one thing that he said to me, and and I didn't get it out on the broadcast, but you're going to love it. And, like, it just has become one of my favorite things anybody's ever said to me. So it's talking about the back shoulder fade and kind of, I went through a whole litany. I talked to Peyton Manning this week. I talked to Mike Shanahan this week, Bruce Arians this week. I talked with Jason Garrett this week about the back shoulder fade and when it became prominent and who really kind of created and all these different things. And um, and we started talking about how you throw it and, you know, some guys throw it up and Brady goes, you know, we somehow got on the top of the 50-50 balls. And Brady just looked at me square in the eyes and goes, I don't throw 50-50 balls. I throw 90-10 balls. I was like, I was all like, right, settle down. Yeah. Yeah, I was sell, like, he's sell- you, are, you are the best thing that has ever happened to play QB. I don't throw 50-50 balls. I throw 90-10 balls. Yeah, I was like, come on. Oh, it was, come it on. was tremendous. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I think that you and I both agree that this might be the most week-to-week season in the NFL I can remember right for years we could establish that the Bra- the Patriots with Brady were going to win 10 11 games the, the Colts with Manny were going to 11 12 the games mm-hmm. the Steelers with Ben were going to win 10 11 12 games the Packers with Aaron Rodgers if he's healthy going to win 10 11 games those those teams do not exist in today's NFL they don't exist right like one week one team is good next week another team is good Dallas almost got shut out at home by Denver and then they just absolutely opened up a can on the Atlanta Falcons. So all I can say about this right now is that the Titans, I think, are right now maybe the most consistent team in football. But I don't know how long that's going to play out because their best player, Derrick Henry, isn't there. I will say this. I think the reason that they're the most consistent team in football is because they're the one team 
in football that you can say, this is what their identity is. Yeah. And they play to it every single freaking week. I know what they're going to be. I know what they're going to run. I think, I think one of the things that have ha- that's happened in this league, Trey, that with a lack of practice time and, you know, and it has become such a throwing league, you know, we want to spread everybody out. We want to create those matchups and that's what we want to do. There tends to be a lack of identity in what you are when you have to be it. Yep. Like to me, running the ball isn't about, hey, man, we had this game where, you know, we schemed them and we got them, we got them on four runs and we, get, you know, we got 22 run, 22 yards on one run and 12 yards on another. And we got a 40 yard breakout run and then we got a 12 yard. And, you know, at the end of the day, we had 150 yards rushing and we were great. And I'm like, ah, not really. Like to me, it's, hey, when I get in the red zone, can you consistently get me four yards per carry in the red zone? So you set up the play action stuff. In third down and three, can you be? Can you have duality to say, "Hey, man, we can cram it down your throat, or we can throw it." You got to defend everything. Being able to run the ball, in my mind, is when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run it in four minute offense, and you still cram it down somebody's gullet. Yeah. And having an identity is what does that for you. When like there is nothing better, you know. And I was on these teams that had identities. There's nothing better. When you're sitting in a second down and two situation and you're in the huddle and you know exactly what play's coming in, you know, we're not a throw it over the top football team. We're going to pound you in the chin and convert football team. That's what we're going to do. And we knew, I mean, you sit in the huddle in Denver and you go, here it comes, 18 handoff strong. Yeah. We're, that's what we're running. And you knew it. Be, and, and so as a player, Man, it gave you great confidence because what the coaching staff is showing you is we have confidence in you. We believe in what we do. Go do it. It's on your shoulders as players. And you take ownership of that. And too many teams have no idea what they are. There's something else. They're schemed from week to week to week. They're a different team. This is what we're going to do this week because this team doesn't do this well. This is what we're going to do this week. And that becomes what they are as opposed to we're going to do what we do. And we're going to attack the things they don't do well, but we're still going to base out of what our identity is. And I think Tennessee's probably better at that than anybody else in football. Yeah, Mike Brabel has done a great job with that. But again, like it's awesome they did it for two weeks in a row. I just don't know if that thing's going to sustain itself uh, without right. that sledgehammer back there in the backfield in Derrick Henry. So we'll see what happens. Some amazing games coming up in week 11. And after they are played out, uh, once again, we'll be back here on the Chop Shop to break them down for you. Stink, always good to talk to you, buddy. Have a great week, okay? Uh, you too, my friend. Be well and uh, enjoy yourself. Well, why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs>